You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Let's welcome in all of our online friends, people watching all over the world. Come on, tell them welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad you're with us. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you're watching, if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor, click the share button. And it's always a great thing to have you on the other end of that screen, tuning into God's word with us. So uh, grab your Bible if you would. We're gonna spend some time in the book of Exodus. Somebody say Exodus. If you are unfamiliar with God's word, open up to the very, very beginning. Just turn over a few pages. You're gonna go from Genesis to Exodus. Genesis to Exodus. We're gonna continue on with our series called Life in the Sweet Spot. Somebody say Life in the sweet spot. This is all about finding the heart of God, finding the center of the will of God, no matter what life may throw at us. Your life is gonna have some twists and turns. It's gonna have good days and bad days. It's gonna have good times and bad times, lefts and rights and ups and downs and ins and outs. And in those moments of life, we have to be able to find the heart of God, to find the will of God, no matter what life may bring at us. And uh, I believe that as we're doing this, God's gonna really begin to, uh, to open up our minds and speak a word into our hearts. He's gonna help us to become more than what we've settled for. So Exodus 13 is where we're gonna spend our time today. And we're gonna talk about finding the sweet spot in the middle of transition. Let me just tell you, one thing I know about life is uh, things are gonna change. And uh, you're not gonna like all the changes. Somebody say amen. You might not like them all, but things will change. You know, I, uh, I believe it was Benjamin Franklin said there's two things that are certain in life, death and taxes. I would add the third, change. Change. I think most of us believe that we do pretty well during times of transition. And most of us, if we were to ask our spouse or our parents or people that are close to us, would have a completely different answer. Because how they say we deal and respond with change is different than how we believe that we deal and respond to change. What happens when your life changes? What happens when change is not your idea? What happens when you didn't choose this? You didn't, you didn't bring this on yourself. It's not something that you would have wanted, but you're having to walk through it anyway. How do you respond when life brings you change? You know, for many of us, change is a difficult thing to walk through. It's a difficult part of our life where we make some, some stupid decisions. From the moment that you move out of your parents' house and move into a college dorm room, that's a time where change can be a good thing or a not so good thing. Somebody say amen. Anybody else ever messed up in college? No, just me. I'll preach to myself. When you get married, that's a big life transition. And I tell couples all the time that are considering marriage, I'm just, I, I, I say, hey, let me be honest with you. You believe you guys are on the same page that you're meant for each other? that you are unified in all things, that you can just finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> we just think the same way. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have her ways of thinking and you got your ways of thinking and you believe that they're exactly the same and they are not. They're not. The way that you spend money, you're not, you're not in agreement on that. You think you are, but you ain't. There's lots of transitions and changes in life that sometimes we do well with, sometimes we don't, but we could all use a little bit of help. I know this, that whether you've just walked out of change, you're in the middle of change, 
or you're about to walk into some change, we need help. We need to be able to find the sweet spot, the heart of God's will, no matter what life may throw at us. There is a sweet spot to be found. There is the center of the will of God. There's the leading of the Holy Spirit. We can find life in that sweet spot in the middle of transitions. Now, I grew up in an age where um, you were the change. And what I mean by that is that uh, there was a time before you could just pull up on your phone and just cast onto any, into any TV screen or what you wanted to watch, there was a time where you had to have a remote control. And whoever held the remote control held the power because you get to determine what we're gonna watch. But there was a time before remote controls, somebody with a little bit of gray in their beard knows what I'm talking about, where you were the remote. You were the kid and you would sit there and not only were you the remote determining you know, which channel to change during, compu- during the commercials because there was only like four channels. There used to be UHF and VHF. Boy, most of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. But for the rest of us, there was a time before remote control where not only were you the remote, you were also the antenna. You remember that? Stick your left hand up, your other left. Go left, right, right there, go back. You missed it, go back, turn around. Sit down, just sit down, just call your sister. You're, you're horrible at this. And then you finally get everything right, get the picture working, and then they watch something like MASH. You're like, come on, man. I don't understand that. Why is he dressed up like a girl? I don't, how? Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But all the old people wanted to watch MASH and us young ones like, this is the worst show of all time. Don't judge me, I'm just saying. It's horrible. If you love that show, you need to get saved. We need to help. We need to help you. We were the change. We were the remote. Changing channels? No, you had to actually get up and change the channel. You were the change. In Exodus chapter 13, God begins to walk his children through major change. Now, not just the simple changes that us all have to walk through, but he begins to change their future, their hopes, their wants, their dreams, their hearts, their attitudes, all at the same time. God walks his children through incredible changes really rapidly. If you don't know your history, the children of Israel were uh, in slavery to the land of Egypt and had been there for for a long, long time. And God begins to move upon a man named Moses to go and speak to the the Pharaoh, the king of the day. And he tells him, let my people go. God said, let my people go. And he begins to, uh, to lead them through this process of walking them out into freedom from slavery. Now, it's important that we don't just look at this story as a, it's a good story to tell with a lot of cool things to teach our kids. No, no, no. It's more than that. It's a metaphor for what God does with the life of every believer when he leads us out of being a slave to our sins, a slave to our lust, a slave to our vices, a slave to our wants and wills and desires, and walks us into freedom that can only be found in Christ. And along the way, there is change. It's a journey of constant change. I found this to be true that nobody really likes change unless it's their idea. Come on, somebody. So, oh, I love change. That's because everybody has to do what you want. We're going to change the way that we eat. Nobody likes you. Like, we like the way that, that we eat. We're all going to exercise today. No, we are not. We are going to watch you. Nobody ever been there? Am I preaching to myself today? We like change as long as it's your idea. Let me just tell you this, uh, change is unavoidable, but being devastated by it, it's not. 
We can absolutely find the heart of God in the middle of life's changes. And case in point, in Exodus 13, God leads his people through some incredibly powerful changes. Some of these they do really well with, some of them not so much, just like me and you. We'll walk through parts of our life where things change dramatically. What happens when you have a baby and your sleep pattern change? That's, mm, you, you thought you wanted kids till you realized, I need sleep to really want kids. And then you start realizing they're expensive. Come on, somebody. Like, that costs money. Like, oh, we got to pay for that? Yeah. And then you realize that you're the adult. Like, I need, we need an adult around here. We need somebody to pay some of these bills. What happens when divorce comes? What happens when it wasn't your decision? What happens when you lose a parent? What happens when a, a, a boss gets replaced? How do you deal with those changes in life? Because they're going to happen. What happens when your candidate doesn't get voted for? What happens when the change that you believe that one candidate stood for doesn't, doesn't pan out? How do you handle that? Things are going to change. And change brings resistance. How do we process through this? And so check this out. In Exodus 13, starting in verse 17, it says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. I want to stop right there and let you see the weight of that scripture. Because not only is it a scripture meant for them to tell a story, it's a scripture for us. When God leads them out of being a slave to their sin and marches them toward who they're supposed to become, he does not go in straight lines. But God, don't you understand the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. We learned that in math. God's like, not so much. Not so much. And you don't get to choose the plan. This is something important for us to remember that as sons and daughters of God, we give up our right to choose the plan. Now, here's the most important thing I'm gonna say today. This is really, really important. This is, this is my, um, my heart for what I feel like the Lord is walking all of us through to help us to understand is that American Christianity says this, I will do what I want and pray for God to bless it. That's not biblical. We give up our rights to choose the plan for our life the moment that we say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Be my boss. You get the plans. And Jesus takes us in a way that might not be the shortest road ever, it might not be the most direct route, but he knows what he's doing. And look at this as we move on. Uh, in verse 18, it says, For God said, if these people face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea, and the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Not so much. Notice this. In their own minds, they're ready. They're encouraged. We've got change going, and it's going to be awesome. We're ready to fight anybody. And God's like, hey, if they see actual war, they're going to change their minds and go right back to where they were. Once again, this is not just a story to read. It's a metaphor for our lives. We might get saved. We feel like we can charge hell with a water pistol. And God's like, you're not ready for the warfare that you think you are. So he's going to lead us on a journey of transition and change where he combats our pride and our hearts and our wants and desires. He removes these things from our life that don't belong. It's a process called sanctification. And during those transitions, we find the sweet spot, the heart of God, 
the good place, the leading of the Holy Spirit that shows us this is the way, walk in it. God says, if I was to lead them that way, they, they would change their minds. They think they're ready for battle, but not so much. You know, God led them in a roundabout way to set them up for something greater than their comfort. To set them up for a miracle. To set them up for a legend, a story that they could tell their children about the times that they walked through and saw the power of God on a much different level than what they just had assumed would happen. So I want to give us four things that are critical for us to remember during seasons of change, during times of transition, and you're either walking through them, you've just walked out of them, or you're about to walk into a new one. You need to understand how to respond to life's transitions, its changes. Let me just tell you, elections will come around again. They come around with alarming regularity. Change is going to happen. Half the country is going to be really happy. The other half is going to be really angry, and the other half doesn't know how to do math. Things are going to change. You're going to walk through a time in your life where you, you thought you'd always have children. Now they've, they've grown and flown and you're empty nesters and you look at each other and you're like, you're still here. I've, I've forgotten what you look like. Look at this. This house is big. You're going to walk through times in your life where you lose a parent and have to deal with what happens when you don't have someone to, to talk to as a, as a parent and child anymore. Those transitions are difficult. We need to be able to find the heart of God no matter what life throws at us. Here's the most important thing to understand. The first of four as we're walking through this. Number one, God always confirms his transitions. God always confirms his transitions. I want you to notice this in the story of God's leadership of the Israelite people out of slavery. That before uh, he even began to move on the people's hearts, he had already raised up Moses. And begin to confirm things in his life so that Moses would trust him. And then he began to do miraculous things. Plagues began to break out all over Egypt as God confirmed things are about to change. God confirmed his person. God confirmed the plan. And he did it by his amazing power. God always confirms his transitions. We cannot afford to be misled by our whims, our wants, our desires, we have to make sure that we're hearing from the word of God. And how do we know that? He'll confirm it. He'll confirm it. I'll say it this way. If you're not seeing doors open and doors close as you're stepping into transition, the problem is probably you. Because God will open up stuff and things will begin to happen when you're obedient to his word. Other things will begin to close and shut down as God says, I, you know, that's, that's why I told you no. God confirms his transitions and, and we can't make major decisions without the confirmation of the Lord. This is critical. I wish every believer could just get this into the basis of their theology. Like, it's not your plan. How do I know it's God's plan? He'll confirm it. He'll confirm it. He has a way of doing that. Let me say it this way. Life change without confirmation brings major problem. Major problem. Well, God, I just want to do what I want, and I want you to bless my decisions. That's really bad. And it's really common. God confirms his transitions. So when Jesus uh, called his disciples together, and he said, you guys have been watching me do miraculous things for a long time, and now it's time for you to do them on your own. That's a major change in life where they go from hearers of the word to doers of the word. They go from just sitting in the audience watching Jesus do it to actually doing it themselves. And Jesus tells them, look, I don't want you to take money. Don't take an extra bag. Don't take food. You're not gonna need that stuff. Don't take extra shoes. 
We're not going to places that have amazing room service. What do we have, Lord? You have my authority. How do we know that we're being led by your spirit? I'll confirm it. I'll confirm it with signs and wonders and open doors and closed doors. I'll confirm it by you knowing this is exactly what I've called you to do. This is how God leads, by confirmation over and over and over. As we take steps of obedience to his word, he confirms his will. You still with me? So in Mark 16, it says, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. We see this echoed over and over, Old Testament, New Testament. When God speaks and his people obey, God confirms. He does the miraculous. He opens up doors. He closes doors. But when you make your own decisions outside of the will of God, you're going to find nothing but frustration, nothing but confusion, nothing but anxiety and pressure and stress. When we're led by obedience, those things are accompanied by signs and wonders. Those things are accompanied by things like peace. You need this. Otherwise, we're just going to be led by what you want and by what you think is right. That's difficult. You're bringing major problems into the middle of your transition. God confirms his word. Here's point number two. If you're a note taker, you might want to write this down. Every transition brings opportunity to be closer to God or to drift farther away. It's a test. So back when we were young, they used to have a Times that would break, that the uh, announcers would break into your regularly scheduled program and they'd say, hey, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. And it'd just be like, boop. Had this been an actual emergency and it just, you hear it so much, you start memorizing it. But it reminded us that, hey, things are, things, there's, a, there's a system, there's a process in place for when the test comes. When, the, when you need it, we want to make sure that you can hear. And when life brings tests and challenges, transition and change. You need to know exactly what to do. Then to go back to the confirmation, go back to the last thing that God told you and recognize, okay, Lord, is this bringing me closer to you, helping me to trust you more, or am I drifting farther away from you? Let me tell you this, uh, transition and change, they won't lie to you. But the pressure that that puts on your life will tell you what's really going on on the inside. And it's important that we pay attention to what boils to the surface. How do we know? It comes out in what you say, how you process. You start backbiting people. You start getting edgy. Like, why? Because I'm going through some, some transitions, some changes, and I don't like this. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't agree to this. And we can tell that that's pushing me farther and farther away from the Lord because I'm getting farther away from the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? When I don't see those things coming out of my life, I can recognize, wait a minute, I'm not getting closer to the Lord. I'm getting farther from him. Pay attention to what transition shows you about yourself. It's important to notice during change, what's changing in me? And is this a good thing or am I becoming more cynical? You'll notice when life begins to to happen to people and change happens that they'll either press into the Lord and they get better or they start getting really cynical and bitter and angry and meh. Every answer just ends with a meh. Hey, what would you like for dinner? Meh. You okay? Meh. How was your day? Meh. Feeling good today? Meh. You want to go to church? Meh. Some of you are like, how does he know what we talked about yesterday? He's got you down. He does a great you. What is transition telling you about yourself? It tells you the spot you're in. 
And God's word shows us the sweet spot of what it should look like. You see, some of the transitions that are happening in our lives, are they're, they're led by you, not led by the Lord. They're changed for change's sake. You know something needs to change, but you decide, I get to decide what it is. God confirms his transition, and his transitions are going to bring you closer to him, not farther away. You still with me? So there's been uh, plenty of opportunities in my life where um, I can look back now and say I understand it differently than how I understood it walking through it. I remember having a hard conversation with my pastor in the very first job of, of ministry that I ever walked into, and at the end of uh, at the end of my tenure there, I didn't know it was the end of my tenure there. I thought we're going to keep going forever. This is great. Had a long conversation with him, and it was it was evident to him that it's time for me to go. Not, some of you have never had the left hand of fellowship from a church. <laughs> Looks like that, you know. <laughs> keep your left hand strong. Then uh, I, just, I just kept asking, what, what did I do wrong? Oh, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, well, it must be something, must be something wrong because I'm, I'm losing my place in ministry. I'm, I'm losing my church. I'm losing my friends. Like, What's going on with this? Oh, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just, it's just time for you to transition out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I began to get really confused and thinking, okay, I, I don't understand this. God, I'm I'm working in ministry. Things are supposed to be roses and rainbows. We're leading people to Jesus. This is great. All of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here anymore. Is that what you're telling me? I can't come back? And that time, it was very confusing. You know, looking back on it now, I don't see it the same way. As a matter of fact, it was less than a year later where the church began to implode and multiple, multiple things came out where there's scandal after scandal after scandal. And the only person that got to leave and kept their good name was me. So it turns from, I can't believe this happened, to thank God that happened. <laughs> you thought you kicked me out? You kicked me upstairs. You're punishing me? No, you promoted me. You didn't even realize it. And I love how over and over in Scripture it says, you meant this for evil, but God worked it out for my good. And God has a way of taking transition. If we keep our hearts right in the middle of it, we can find the sweet spot. Find something, even if we're not, I, I didn't ask for this change. God's like, I can use that for your good. My God doesn't waste pain. God confirms his will, and I can get closer to him. Here's the third thing we have to understand about transition. And this is the one that, uh, as the Holy Spirit's working on me this week, this is the one I felt most burdened to give you. Um, the sweet spot, the center of the will of God, the sweet spot moves and has a timer. This is something I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago. The sweet spot moves, and it has a timer. How do we know this? The Holy Spirit moves in seasons. He moves in seasons. And you'll, you'll see multiple people over the years that find a season where they're right in the center of the will of God. And they stay there. When the Holy Spirit moves to something else, they still stay there. Why? Because God used to be here. And this was good, and I liked it, and I got really comfortable being right here. This is how churches get stale and old real quick. The Holy Spirit's moved to something else and we refuse to let him move. The Holy Spirit moves in seasons. It's always doing something new. And when you stay in step with what the Holy Spirit is doing, you'll find that you're right in the center of the will of God. He goes left, you go left. He goes right, you go right. And you stay in the sweet spot. But there's also a timer on it. it doesn't stay there forever. It moves. 
and it has a timer. There's a time, there's a season. And the children of God are led by that. Remember, as God leads his children out of Israel, he gives them a, a cloud every day to follow. When the cloud moves, they move. The cloud stays, they stay. And then at night, he gives them a pillar of fire to keep them warm in the middle of the desert as the desert gets really cold. And when that pillar of fire moves, you move. If it stays, you stay. But God reminds them that to be in the center of where I want you to be, you have to be willing to recognize the season and the time. I think many of us get so caught up in what God used to do that we'd never allow him to transition us or to challenge us with anything that's new. God reminds us in Isaiah 40, I, I can do new things. And I want you to perceive it. I want you to see it and walk in it. I think many of us have a difficult time recognizing when the Holy Spirit moves us. When it's moving left, when it's moving right. Because we would rather be comfortable. You still with me today? Is this okay? Let me remind you that where we start with God is never where we finish. It's going to move. And it doesn't move in a straight line. It makes zero sense to you. It makes perfect sense to him. Because along the way, he uses transition to mature us, to change us, to sanctify us. And it's a good thing. He's a good father. He moves in seasons. He moves generationally. He moves in times. We don't get to choose them. It's just a matter of do we obey them or disobey them. There's a season. There's a time for everything under heaven. So I, I wanted to say this. Um, a, a believer who resists God-ordained change will drift into a place of irrelevance. And I know this. I, I've been there at parts of my life, and I've seen multiple people that were really relevant at one stage of their life and completely irrelevant the next because they refused to embrace what God was doing next. I want to be in the center of what he's doing. I want to make sure that no matter where God's going, that I'm right there because I can hear him and my answer is just yes. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to be able to process it. He doesn't have to ask me. He just leads and I follow because I trust him. You still with me? Here's the fourth and final point. We'll finish up with this. If you're a note taker, you might want to write this down. Number four, the sweet spot in transition, it's found in obedience an attitude. Obedience and attitude. Those are two things that uh, I ain't got either one of those. Uh, not just because uh, I'm stubborn, uh, but because number two, I'm Texan. Come on, we're stubborn. You probably have three different t-shirts that says, come and take it. Right? Come get some. It's part of our culture, we're stubborn. Somebody says, go left, like, we're going right. Why? Because Texan. Uh, uh, number three, I'm a Mexican, not a Mexicant. And I can't do whatever I feel like doing. And I won't do what anyone else wants, wants me to do because I'm Mexican. I'm an American, like we built this country on rebellion against authority. It's our pleasure it's our culture. It's our way. We enjoy it. It defines us. Obedience, we'll obey as long as we agree. Sure, I'll obey when it's easy. 
And this is the difficult part that we have during the middle of transitions that God is bringing about in our lives when God wants you to move from point A to point B. Like, well, God, you better, you, you better do incredible things for me if I'm gonna do this for you. If I'm gonna obey, then I need to agree with this. So explain it to me again. <laughs> I, I've known this about my relationship with the Lord. He doesn't explain a lot to me. He gives you a chance to follow him or not. Obedience and attitude. And we see this, these, these two key character attributes pop up in the lives of the Israelite people over and over and over again. Obedience and attitude. They go from yay to boo quicker than any bipolar person you've ever met. We are all about it. We are all in to we are all out. Like that was four seconds in between ride or die to you need to die. Like how did, have you seen this? You, you read the story. You are going to be shocked by how quickly their hearts turn from I'm obedient, I'm excited, I'm encouraged to I can't do this. Now, once again, I'm going to remind you, this is not just some story. It's a metaphor. It's a, it's a, it's a mirror looking back at our lives. Because transition reveals our inconsistencies. It shows us how quickly we change from God, I am all in, to God, I need to just change churches. Transition happened. I'm not dealing very well with it. Oh, you, you think you deal well with it? Let somebody sit in your seat next Sunday. But don't they know that's my seat? I've been sitting there for, for four services at least. I belong here. This is my seat. Let somebody sit in your chair. <sighs> Offended. I just can't go on. This is not the church for me. It's not the church. They sat in my chair. They should have known. No one asked me. Yay, boo. Yay, boo. It's amazing what transition we reveal inside of each of us. And the Israelite people, man, they complained constantly, doubted constantly. Look at this in Exodus 16. It says, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. <laughs> I should have just died right there. But you've brought us out into this desert to starve to death. Here's the truth. God provided for their needs every single morning without fail. They gave them a perfect process on how to be fed. And they're like, we don't like this food. We'd rather have some meat. So God provides it. It's like, well, we're going to need this, Jesus. I'd like it medium well. I'm not really a well-done person. It's amazing to me how patient God was with that. As a matter of fact, multiple times you'll see in Scripture, God's like, I'm killing them. I'm going to kill them all. <laughs> and Moses stands in the gap and says, please, Lord, please. Like, Egypt is going to make fun of you. They're going to say, the Lord, let them out there. The Lord, like, please, Lord, it's not for their sake, please. Because you, should, hey, call fire down from heaven. I get it. No, it's for your sake, Lord. We want people to believe in you. Like, you let them all the way out here. Might as well bring them across. And why were they so upset? Because they were being fed by the Lord on a diet that should have taken about two weeks to eat. But it took them 40 years. Because of their disobedience and their bad attitude. It shouldn't have taken that long. But God is patient. His scripture says he's slow to anger, abounding in love. He's going to have to be. Why? Because we don't like change. 
On a journey that should have taken two weeks, it takes them more than 40 years because of their disobedience and attitude. 40 years. And as a matter of fact, except for just a few people, all the people that left Egypt died in that desert. This is how critical it is for us to understand that our obedience and attitude make a big difference in finding the sweet spot in the middle of our circumstances. Obedience and attitude. Obedience and attitude. How's yours? How's your obedience? Are we obedient to the word of God because it says what it says? Are we only obedient to the word of God when we agree with it and when we like it? Let me remind you this. Uh, we can be led by feelings or by his word, but not both. Those are going to conflict with one another. And you have to decide, is what I feel worth being obedient to? Or is his word true whether I agree with it or not? You're going to have to make that decision. Otherwise, your transition will last a lot longer than what you're prepared for it to make. These people, man, disobedience bad attitudes, and then constantly looking back to Egypt, looking back to slavery and said it was better when I was, could just be a slave. I'd rather be a slave than to have to actually trust God than to follow and be obedient. Now, that's them. That's not us. We would never, we would never behave that way. Of course not. Constantly looking back at yesterday. It was just easier then. It was easier. I want to remind you of this. Let yesterday be a place of learning, not longing. It matters to God when we constantly look back and say, God, you, you were much better then. You're in the middle of a transition. And if we can take our attitude and turn it to one of thanks, turn it to one of gratitude, remembering the good things that God has done, remembering the words that he said, remembering the confirmation that he gave to get us here, boy, you're going to find something special in that moment. You're going to find the sweet spot of the heart of God. I want to remind you of gratitude. In Exodus 16, it says they, that when, uh, when Pharaoh's army approaches them from, from behind and the Red Sea is in front of, the Red Sea opens up. God's people walk across on dry land. Pharaoh's army tries to cross. As we know the story, the, the waters of the Red Sea come back, drowns all of Pharaoh's army. And what do they start doing? They start singing. <laughs> they start celebrating. Pretty morbid, a little weird. Lots of people are drowning. They're like, yes. Don't act like you wouldn't do the same thing. It's amazing what could stop your longing for yesterday when you recognize that God's doing something miraculous today. Had he not led you here, you wouldn't have seen what you've seen. You wouldn't experience what you experienced. God is a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're gonna walk through changes. He doesn't change. He's our constant in the middle of life's transition. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we find the heart of God in the middle of all of it? Obedience and attitude, gratitude. And I want to finish up with this. We find joy in the excitement of what could be next. And we celebrate the wins along the way. We stay grateful in the middle of transition. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I mean, I want to finish up with a word of prayer today. I recognize that when we're, uh, when we're talking about change and we're talking about transitions, it might bring up a, a lot of things that you're, that you're walking through right now because many of us in this place are dealing with a ton of change. Life has changed. Relationships that you thought would always be there have changed. 
The job that you always thought you'd have, it's changed. The income that you thought you're going to have, it's, it's changed. The church you thought you're going to be a part of forever, that's changed. The ministry you thought you're going to be in, that's changed. There's lots of transitioning happening in this very room. And God's beginning to use his word to sanctify us in the middle of change. How many of us would say today that by simple lifting of our hand, I'm walking through a ton of change right now, Pastor. You're talking to me. Let me just see your hand all over this place. Wow. More hands are raised than are not. Let me promise you this. If your hand is not up, you're going to walk through some. You're going to need what we talked about today. I want to encourage you, be led by God's spirit, not by your wants and desires. His way is better than your ways. Things are going to change, but your God doesn't change. He wants you to find the sweet spot of his will, no matter what you're walking through. Let me pray for all of you walking through a change right now. I want to pray for you. If you're watching online, do me a favor. Would you just open up your hands to the Lord? Maybe just set them on your knees as a sign of just being open to whatever God may be pouring into your life right now. I want to encourage you, just open up your hands, and I'm going to pray for you as you do that. Father, for every single person that is walking through difficulties and transitions and change, when life gets so uncertain, Lord, you have a plan. You're able to lead us as we are obeying and trusting in your word. Father, would you forgive us for the attitudes that we've had? Forgive us for all the times that we've doubted you and complained. We trust you, Lord. We want to be led by your spirit. We want to find the sweet spot, no matter what life may throw at us. Lord, for every person walking through transitions, I pray that you'd give them strength right now, that you'd confirm your will, that you'd speak directly to their situation, give them clarity. I just sense that from the Holy Spirit right now. God is speaking clarity. He wants you to be exactly sure, clear, precise during this time of transition. He wants you to know his will. He wants you to hear direction from him. He wants you to hear the the words, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way. This is what I want for you. This is better than what you're doing. Father, I pray for that clarity. I pray that it would come. Speak to our hearts, minds, and lives today. We trust you, Lord. Lead the way. In Jesus' name. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, my friend, perhaps you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, if I'm going to be really honest with you, I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus at all. I'm not sure. My friend, you're in the right place. I want to help you like somebody helped me one time. Or maybe like me, you're saying, Pastor, I, I, I was raised in church. I've gotten away from God. I need, I need to come back to him. If that's you today, I want to lead you in a prayer. Would you pray with me? I want to help you take that very first step into a relationship with Jesus. It starts with a prayer. The prayer goes like this. Pray with me. to say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you came, you died, rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for my sins. I invite you to come into my heart and take over. Be my boss. I give my life to you right now. And I thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, my friend, if that was you and you actually prayed that prayer with me, 
Just look up at me and slip your hand up. Say, that was me, Pastor. I pray with you. All over this place. Good, good. I see you. Good for you. I'm so proud of you. If you're watching online, make sure you reach out and say, that was me. I prayed. On the screen now is appearing a phone number. And I want to invite you, if that was you, I want to invite you to take the next step by texting in a single single word. It's, it's, it's one word, but it's two put together. It's, I prayed. Would you text that to 844-HRC-TEXT? If you'll do that, what I'm going to do is send you some things that will help you understand what just happened inside of your heart and what to do next. It would be my greatest honor to help you on your journey to know Jesus better, to find what God has called you to do, make a difference in your world. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Well, Highridge family, go ahead and look up at me and stand to your feet if you would. I want to remind you, if you're watching online today and you like what you heard, click the share button. If you're here and you're on Facebook or any other social media, click the share button. It matters a lot. Every single week we get back uh, amazing numbers of what God can do when his people decide to share his message. I'm believing that this is something that everybody needs to hear. We all walk through changes, but nobody tells us how to approach those. God's word has great insight on how to approach those changes. Hey, I've got our elders and their wives coming forward. These guys are gonna remain at the front of this platform to be able to be available to pray with you about anything that you might need prayer for. You know, the old folks used to say, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. If you need some prayer, we would love to pray for you. This is not a gossip session. We're not gonna share stuff like uh, your prayer needs. That's that's not what this is for. We wanna pray for you. We believe prayer changes things. So if you need prayer, these guys will remain here as the service is finished to pray for you about whatever it is that you may need. I want to also close by telling you thank you for your generosity. Many of you are giving your tithes, you're giving uh, resources, you're giving money here. And I just want to say on behalf of all of us who get to watch the lives that are impacted by your generosity, thank you. I got to spend last week in, uh, in, in California suffering for the gospel in 60 degree weather uh, and getting robbed in Oakland. Yeah, we, that happened. Uh, yeah, been going through a lot of transition this week, transitioning uh, to new computers, transitioning back to writing stuff out instead of putting it in uh, any digital format because that was all stolen. Uh, transitioning to keeping my heart right, dealing with insurance agencies, and they're telling me stop calling here. You don't have insurance. <laughs> but I'm just telling you when you when you watch the heart of God. And when you watch people being obedient, stepping out in faith, it's easy to see that uh, happen in Texas. But when it's happening in California, um, it's, it's different because they're up against a lot. And I want you to, to just understand that what we've been able to do as a church is to help them get all the equipment that they need to launch a church in the middle of all of that. And so you guys, through your generosity, helped us raise money to be able to give them a trailer that has, it's pretty much church in a box. All the equipment that they need is on one big trailer that they can lock down. And um, they use that every single Sunday. They load in at 5 a.m. and set up for people to come. And I wanted to just see it and want to be a part of it. And just let me, let me just tell you, when you watch people raise their hands and respond to the gospel, you watch people getting saved. <clears throat> hmm. uh, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a generous church. It matters. We're in the middle of a lot of um, economic uncertainty. There's lots of things going on in your businesses and in, in your jobs and in your finances that are hard things to walk through. I get it, I know. But you have not stopped giving. You've not stopped being generous. Some of you are giving over and above. You're trusting that the Lord can do a lot with a little. And I wanna say thank you. It's making a difference, not just in Longview, but around the world. Thank you, thank you. Let me bless you and send you out. 
Father, I thank you for my friends. I pray that you would lead them all week long into the center of the sweet spot of your will, no matter what their circumstances are. Would you bless them in Jesus' name? And everyone said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.